Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Road to Medical Sales podcast. This is episode number 16. Please press that subscribe button, rate us, and leave us a review so that we can continue to grow and impact as many lives as possible. Today, I have the privilege of speaking with Brian Aspen. Brian is currently the Director of Medical Education for Paragon 28. Brian has worked for Stryker, Wright Medical, Smith & Nephew, and Nuvasive. He has more than 20 years of medical sales experience. Brian has accomplished many amazing things during his career, but we wanted to focus on what he has accomplished since March 2020 during these difficult COVID-19 times. For us, These are very eye-opening and telling of Brian's perseverance and excellence in this industry. Since March 2020, Brian has trained over 10,000 sales reps and surgeons, helped organize and execute the largest online foot and ankle congress, and he has implemented a new interactive hybrid training program. That being said, Brian, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Scott. Really appreciate it. I love this opportunity to come in and hopefully have an impact on some people that are looking to get into the medical device industry. Absolutely. Thanks for joining us. So to kick this off, tell us how you initially broke into the medical sales industry. I had a human biology major from college. And after college, I just got right into sales. I was working in the textile rental industry with a company called G&K Services, which is now owned by Syntax. Had a great sales training program, learned how to sell, did really well there, but I always had that human biology background back there that I had never really used. And I saw an advertisement in the newspaper one day looking for an orthopedic medical device rep, called the person up. And I actually said this line, I said, I know the difference between my acetabulum and a hole in the ground. And he laughed and it was like, that was kind of the start of the whole conversation. And then it kind of went from there. He ended up hiring me. That's it. I've been in the industry for over two decades now. That's amazing. So you've gone from sales representative to sales manager to now the director of medical education for a major medical device company. Why did you make that shift from direct sales to sales education? I worked for an agency when I first started out. They got bought out by a big company in orthopedic and they had a tuition reimbursement program. So I thought right away, here's a great way to give me a $30,000 raise get a free MBA paid for by the company. So I went and did that all online. And I had the idea that I always wanted to be in senior leadership someday at a company. And after I got my MBA, I started looking for roles that would allow me to transition from a rep into the corporate side of the business. And I found one with sales education. And so I started there actually. So I started just training sales reps and building them up because I also thought I could be my own individual person, but if I eventually wanted to be in sales leadership, what if I multiplied what I did and got so many other people educated and up to speed on being a successful sales rep that they could go out and be successful? So not only could I hit quota, now what if I could get 20 or 30 or 40 people capable of hitting quota? So that's really was my impetus for trying to move over in that area. I was passed up for a promotion because I didn't have sales management experience. And this was all at that same big company. So I went back to the field as a sales manager 
And there were some changes there too. I started working for an agency and then that got took over by corporate again. They wanted to bring in their own team. And so things just didn't mesh that well. And then when I got this opportunity with the company that I'm working for right now, I'm actually in charge of all the surgeon training as well as all of the sales rep training. And I think that having that portion of the training together, the engagement with actual surgeons as well as the sales rep really makes me not miss being out in the field at all. You know, there's some give and take there and you're going to see some of the things in my story that I'll tell you about a little bit tonight that definitely focus on a quality of life difference between being on the corporate side and being out in the field. There's definitely a financial difference, but I don't really miss that because I really look at every single person that goes to any training experience that I'm in charge of as one of my customers. So I still have that good customer interaction all throughout everything that I'm doing right now. So during your many years as a sales representative, what did you feel was the most important component to keeping your customer base and growing your pipeline of the business? As a sales rep, I read this book called Secrets of Closers, and it came in this really weird looking blue cover I found it at an old bookstore. My wife and I were on vacation. I started reading it and it had this secret of closers. And the secret was that you are third. And in this particular person, this author said, it goes, God, customers, family. And as embarrassing as it is to say that sometimes, that I think the reason why I was successful and the reason why I was able to keep that pipeline and continue to keep growing the business is that my customers often felt that no matter what, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, they could get a hold of me on my phone. And I feel like that was such a contributing factor because I was in kind of a community hospital setting and a lot of the reps either lived in a metro area that was one or two hours away north or one or two hours away south. And by being right there and being there for them all the time, being there on Friday afternoon, being there on the weekend, I felt like that built up the trust and confidence with them that no matter what, they could count on me. But I also want to say that customer to me doesn't just mean that surgeon. Customer to me is the charge nurse. It's the orthopedic team leader. It's the surgery scheduler. So all of those people were my customers and they all could trust me and they could all rely on me. So when it was that weekend or late night call, they knew that they could get in touch with me. And a couple of other things that I did too, just small little pearls that I think people could benefit from is I would always go into that surgery scheduler and just tell them, I have the phone number for every single rep from every single company that you would ever want to get in touch with. If for some reason you can't get in touch with them, give me a call and I'll take care of it for you. So I would get calls all the time, multiple times a week, people just saying, do you know who the BioPro rep is? And I would say, absolutely, I know who that is. And I will give them a call and get back in touch with you. And then you can give them a phone call. In the meantime, do you mind letting Dr. So-and-so know that I have that same product? I'd be more than happy to help them out. And in that way, uh, by the time I Googled the phone number from that rep and got back to them, most of the time they would say, hey, Brian, Dr. So-and-so does want to see it. Can you stop by? 
and I would bring my product by. And most of the times I would walk away with that case. So all those things are just staying very active, but building that trust. There's so many times where a lot of people really take the FPD or central supply people for granted. There have been years where they helped me hit quota. They boosted me $50,000 in two days in order to cross that finish line. There's been people in SPD where I had things dropped off at 11 o'clock for a 7.30 case the next morning, and I really needed to call a favor. I'd say making sure that everybody is a customer of yours in the whole entire medical setting, it was really helpful. I'm so glad you brought that up. Yeah, and Scott, I'll say one last thing about that too, getting back to the beginning of that where I said that I am third and sometimes my family's third. I have been in the unfortunate situation where sometimes my family said, will you please at least just treat me like one of your customers? So that's kind of a tough conversation to have, right? I'm learning more and more. And this company that I'm with right now, our CEO says that all the time, family first, family first, family first. It is, and I'm working towards that, but I just feel like I've been ingrained so much. My livelihood relies on my customers and my reputation and my trust with them. And my family has really been able to benefit a lot because of that. So they get it, and I just have to find a better way of balancing that. But that's one of the things, if you do get into medical device sales, that you're going to have to address. So getting in front of new surgeons can be difficult, especially when you're first starting out. How did you go about getting past the gatekeepers of this industry to speak to the new surgeons? I never really thought of them as a gatekeeper. I thought of them as one of my friends. And I think you need to start off that way. Make it a success just to go talk to that person that's sitting at the front desk with no other motive other than to go talk to that person. Maybe grab a couple of business cards out there so you can get the doctor's names and maybe their email and then leave. You know, start building that relationship. I don't look at it as a roadblock. I just look at it as another vital person. They're just as important, if not more important, than many of the other people that are in this whole entire web of people that you need to build relationships with. I think since we have COVID and since we have quarantines and a lot of times you can only pull up into the parking lot and call in and then they have to come out, what I've been suggesting to people and I've had some very good success with this just because our product portfolio is ridiculous. We have acrylic models of some of our implants and some of them are very unique, ones that doctors don't ever really get to see from other companies. And we have these acrylic models. We have so many reps that have been hired since April that are out there starting to really make some moves right now that all I tell them to do is while you're trying to get everything understood, Take that acrylic model, call inside of the clinic and say, I have this model with implants on it that I would just love for you to show to the doctor. Let them take a look at it. I'll stop back after lunch and pick it up. Let me know if they're interested in taking a look at it. I tell everybody to do that and then come back at about 1145 because that's typically when they're kind of wrapping up lunch, but it still gives you a little bit of time before they start seeing their afternoon patients. I can't tell you how many times I've heard successful brand new reps, get cases, get meetings just off of dropping off those or whatever it happens to be in that acrylic model. So those two things, make the gatekeeper your friend and just invest some time building that relationship without even having that motive of trying to go see the surgeon, but then also being creative and don't drop off a brochure that's going to go in the trash. Drop off an acrylic model or 
a few plate samples or a tray done so many of those things i've done like three lunches at one time by doing that where i'm actually sitting in one lunch and then the other two offices have an acrylic model and one has a tray some really cool products and then i come back after my lunch get some cases there go over to the one hospital with the acrylic set up another meeting there go to the last one walk them through the tray for about five or ten minutes they're very interested in it get them to commit to doing their next case with me and you just have to keep getting out there and hustling. I think there's just a lot of people that don't want to go out there because they feel like the gatekeeper is going to be too hard to get by. Don't let that be a roadblock or your career in medical device can be pretty short. I love that approach. Just building a relationship first. Especially right now, you know, there's a lot of people that can't change anything. Hospitals don't necessarily want to make major changes right now. They want to kind of keep things as they are. And plus there's a lot of contracts in place. I think it's a great time, and I can't take full credit for this. There's another podcast that I love to listen to with Jeffrey Gittimer, and he talks about just touching base with every single one of your customers. Take a month, let's say November, and you're going to call six of your customers per day and get through your whole entire list and just ask them how they're doing. Don't try to sell them anything. Don't do anything like that. Just build that relationship back up because we haven't been able to have enough face time with them. We haven't been touching base. They may not be buying anything from us. Let's just start building that world back into reality so that we can have those open lines of communication again. That's great. So I'm going to change it up a little bit. In medical sales, how important is bringing value problem solving and asking the right questions. Do you have any strategies or tactics that you would employ in the field when you were a sales rep that allowed you to convert new business? Really glad you asked that question because those three things that you say there are the key differentiators between a rep that's going to be that most senior 20-year rep or somebody who's not going to be around in a couple of years. I really think that bringing that value to them and by bringing value to me, if I want to just break it down real quick, bringing value would be making sure that you have all of your products there, right? That they requested for the case, maybe bringing a little backup plan B or plan C, things that they didn't really tell you about, but you know could possibly be something that they could use. I also really was the person who would look up journal articles And bring those to every single case. Because no matter what, somebody would say, hey, what's new with your company? You better have something to really bring value to that surgeon with that question. And a lot of the surgeons don't have time to read the periodicals. So by having an article to discuss or something like that, I was bringing value to them. They knew that I would bring those types of things. And as far as problem solving goes, I had one doctor that absolutely wanted to use my product. He said, Brian, I know it is better. But the other rep knows where to find some suction tubing in the core in the middle of the night if we drop our suction tubing. I was like, oh my goodness. I can definitely do that for you. If that's the only thing that's keeping you there, let's walk over to the hospital right now. I'll show you exactly where the suction tubing is. But it's those types of things, a little bit of problem solving or, okay, our screwdriver dropped on the ground. What other companies have that screwdriver in their set? You know, things like that to try to help bail them out of having to stand around waiting for something to be flashed. And in today's day and age, nobody wants anything flashed anyways. Asking the right questions is going to benefit the doctor as well as yourself. The doctor is going to get 
exactly what they really want if you're capable of asking really good questions. And you're never going to be caught standing there in trouble thinking, well, you didn't tell me this. So that's why I didn't bring it. So knowing how to ask those right questions is super important. I tell a lot of people in my classes that the bar is actually really low to start building trust and confidence in your customers. And there's really just two things that I think are the key to building that up with people. And number one, just do what you say you're going to do when you say you're going to do it. If everybody did that, it would be a much tighter race between the sales reps. But there's so many sales reps that won't even hold themselves to that standard. So that's level one. The other one is just show up and work hard every day. And I find so few reps that are willing to just do those two things. If you do get a job in this industry, write those two things down. Do what you say you're going to do when you said you were going to do it and show up for work and work hard every day. Those two things are going to take you very far. There's going to be times when you a case didn't go as well as you thought it was going to. Somebody's going to yell at you. You might get kicked out of the room, but you still have to keep moving on, continuing to build that trust. Everyone knows that a rep can't be perfect for their whole entire career. But I think what doctors like is when you're honest with them, and that definitely helps build up that trust. Those were spot on, man. You were getting me pumped over here, ready to hit the streets. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, so I actually taught a class down in Columbia. I flew into Bogota, Columbia to teach a trauma class, and I'm not bilingual. So they had a translator sitting in a little booth, and I was up there just talking sales to these people. And every time I would speak for about 10 seconds, stop, and then he would translate. It was just like the UN. Everyone had headphones on and I could hear what they were saying through him and they could hear what I was saying through him. And at the lunch break, he was like, Brian, I can tell you're passionate about this stuff. You got to slow down just a little bit, please. That's awesome. So being in the medical education division, now you're responsible for new hire training. I'm sure you see trends amongst your top performing reps. Most of the people that are the top performers are the ones that are really willing to ask questions. They don't put themselves out on an island. They know that there's resources out there and they take advantage of the resources. And Scott, you know, the top reps, they know every single product manager's phone number. They know them by name. They say hello to them when they're at the national sales meeting. They build all these kind of internal relationships. But you kind of build all of that up by asking really good questions. So if you don't know something about one of your products or you don't know something about a competitor's product, you better know where you can go to ask those questions and get those answers because your surgeons are going to require that of you. And the really good ones ask that question once and then never ask it again. So you don't have to continue to keep asking that question. You have some type of a notebook some type of an app on your phone where you jot everything down and you have this resource to go back to time after time after time. And I would say also the top reps are really students of the game. So they really understand that. And I say this to the classes, there is no higher level of selling. You are at the pinnacle 
of this industry. You're not in the minor leagues of selling. You're in the major leagues of selling. You're in the NFL of selling. You're in the Broadway of selling. Whatever resonates with you the most, there is no higher level. So you have to take it that seriously. I've had people that came through class that were fitness models. And they had to like measure out every single ounce of protein at training and all these other things. And they were getting ready for competitions and they had to go to the tanning booths and they had to do all these other things. And I just had to sit down a couple of them over the years and just say, when you go to one of those fitness contests, can you tell who's cutting corners? And can you tell who hasn't been 100% dedicated to it? And they both said yes. And I just said, you know what? When it comes to selling, your managers can see the exact same thing. They can tell when somebody is fully engaged, fully invested, not cutting any corners, not living a split lifestyle, but they're living a lifestyle of a medical device rep. And I think it really stands out. And I think those people that are super successful in it kind of do that. I mean, I feel like I have a lot of really good suggestions for them. Like I'm huge on taking notes every single time you're talking to somebody, when you're talking to a surgeon. And I think the the very successful reps take notes, whether it's just jotting down, oh, I heard this doctor say it was their anniversary this weekend. I guarantee you I'm going to say happy anniversary to that person next year. All right. If they have two kids, one boy and one girl, how are they doing? What age are they in school? You have to take notes. You have to create this database of information and be able to do that. And I think having a pre-call plan and a post-call plan kind of go over what went successful and what didn't go so successful as a newer rep, I think that that's really going to help elevate you above everybody else too. You can learn from your mistakes and keep improving. Yeah, absolutely. And then hopefully you're like, wow, that one went great. I don't have any mistakes. That was great. This might be rewarding for a lot of the people that don't finish valedictorian of their sales training class. I have never seen a high correlation between the top sales reps in sales training as far as grades go and success out in the sales field. So if that gives somebody hope out there, just keep sticking to the grindstone, keep doing some of the other things that I said here, and then just try to survive the ego of that person that finished top in the class and you'll do just fine. So lastly, what is your best advice for those that just landed their first medical sales job? How real do you want me to get? (laughs) Yeah, so a lot of times during their associate period or during just getting started, they're doing ride-alongs. They see how easy it is to get into clinics. They see how easy it is to access surgeons. Everybody's waving at the rep that they're with, and it's just so easy. But If you land a job that's in a $0 territory, a very low dollar territory, or with a company that has, you know, a portfolio that isn't really expensive and give you a lot of options, I've told people all over the years, you have to live this business for at least three years before you even feel remotely comfortable, a super extreme confident rep, and that your hospital sees you as that trustworthy person. I think a lot of people come in thinking like, I'm going to go to sales training for like two months, go through this whole process, and then I'm ready to rock and roll. I'm going to know everything there is to know, uh, and I'm going to start crushing it. And it just really isn't that way. And I've told numerous people, during that short period of time, you have a learning curve. 
the more you focus and dedicate to that learning curve, the shorter that curve is going to be. All right. And I think you have to remove any obstacle that's in your life, even down to, I tell people, cancel Netflix. Don't even be distracted by it. Put your PlayStation into storage. Don't touch it. You can't stay focused on that while you're trying to become and get out of the gates as a very successful sales rep. I think being a student of the game, listening to selling podcasts, reading, selling books, Jeffrey Gittimer and Tom Hopkins are two people that come to my mind. Subscribe to ViewMedi. ViewMedi is an extremely valuable resource. Take your product training seriously. When you go to that training class, don't be that person that's standing in the back kind of looking at what other people are doing. You've got to get your hands on the power equipment and understand exactly what that doctor is going through. And then I'd say, in the end, learn to talk like a doctor. They need to look at you as a peer, not a patient. If they're talking to you about the leg bone or in a way that they feel like this person just doesn't understand medical terminology, it's going to put you in a bad place. So all those things, remove every single obstacle, fully immerse yourself into medical device. Wow. I love this, man. You hit it right on the nail. This has been one of the most informative podcasts we've ever had. I just thank you so much, Brian, for coming on. I really enjoyed that. I loved your transparency. Maybe we'll get you on for that sequel we talked about earlier. (laughs) All right. Sounds good, Scott. I really appreciate it. I'm super passionate about this because I just think that there's people that come into this industry and I know a lot of managers that try to talk people out of the role. That's their job is to say how bad it is really going to suck. And then people are still like, yeah, they can, but they convince that manager that I might understand what it's going to suck, but it's going to suck and it's really going to be hard. But there are a lot of things that I think just through the way that I kind of teach it and the way that I help encourage people in kind of like little bite-sized chunks that allows it to be reproducible. Like Michael Jordan, he wasn't a great basketball coach, was he? But he was an awesome basketball player. He just had a style that couldn't be easily reproduced. If you have a style that can be reproduced, then you can start helping encouraging these people and help getting them win. Thanks, man. Thanks for coming on. I appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. I'm going to leave you, as I will after every episode, with a sincere thank you for tuning in and a few words to carry along with you for the rest of the day. Being rich is hard. Being poor is hard. Being successful is hard. Being a failure is hard. Being fit is hard. Being out of shape is hard. Waking up early and getting after it every day is hard. Sleeping in and doing nothing is hard. Choose your heart.